Good evening, and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I am your host, Sarah Arnold, and tonight I think I want to discuss what I would refer to casually as my unhealed father wound. So, sorry, I'm kicking back and relaxing as I record, because fuck it, why not? Anyhow, um, so some interesting things have developed in the uh, time frame of my move that are becoming uh, glaringly obvious and that's to what degree I'm experiencing this uh, unhealed father wound. Now I'm going to go right out and say there was a very large part of me that anticipated uh, any of the things that I had regarding my childhood and my upbringing that haven't really been addressed or healed or, you know, come to the surface or whatever would probably come up in the duration of this life change, right? Because the Capnobius answer is this is the first time in at least 25 years, give or take, that this many of my family members have all lived within such a small circumference, okay? Well, immediate family. Anyway, let me rephrase. It's also the first time in, I couldn't tell you, probably also the same 25 years, give or take, that I have had consistent contact with my immediate family, okay? So just food for thought, food for thought. And as everything is progressing and I'm getting more settled, I've made a few observations, and the biggest one that I have noticed is that my father has called me literally every single day since the either the 24th or the 25th of March. Now, there are multiple times where he has called me more than once a day, and I don't know if you know this about me, but... I'm kind of in this really weird situation where I feel like it is very easy for my nervous system to become overstimulated. Now, most of the time it isn't, but it's very easy for that to change from being, you know, copacetic into, you know, an overstimulated, uh, way, I guess, for lack of a better term. And so, the biggest observation that I've made is that the longer this goes on, the more irritable I become in regards to these incessant fucking phone calls. Okay? Now, the Captain Obvious is, I don't answer all of them. Okay? Because, Jesus Christ, fucking why? Like, all the, maybe if I answered all of them, it would only be once a day. But, let me break it down to you and say that I have never, in my life, experienced this much consistent effort from my father. Okay? Never in my life have I experienced this much consistent effort and this much attention. So, it feels suffocating. 
like extremely suffocating and to be quite honest there is a larger part of me that feels as though I would have appreciated this more 30 years ago or more because now I don't know I feel like I've stated this but just because I feel like it doesn't mean shit um I I say a lot of things to a lot of people and I have a lot of different um psychological types of conversations with people these days so I don't know who I say what to or where let's be real okay but I'm essentially the youngest of four kids to two absentee parents you know I don't have a lot of memories growing up but let me break it down and say the majority of the ones that I do do not include my parents so there you go Um, and this is even before the split so to me this is an extremely suffocating thing to experience and every time my phone rings and I see the caller ID and it says dad like I have like these crazy alarm bells that are going off that are just taking my emotional state from wherever it is to a higher more overstimulated level And I actually had a conversation with my sister about this today. And what's interesting is that she wasn't really in disagreement with me. And this does seem to be the general census from having conversation with all of my siblings. Is that um, they all have kids. So they have adapted and overcome the parent-child relationship from our upbringing in a different way and probably much earlier on than what I have because clearly I have compartmentalized like nobody's business like I stuck this shit down so far I couldn't fucking find it and it's interesting to compare notes because the reality of the situation for the most part is it, it seems like we're all on the same page Although I will say my other brother seems to be a little bit more, I guess I would say, I wouldn't say optimistic. There's a better word, but, uh, like, it's the, it's as though he looks at the experiences through rose-tinted glasses more so than do the rest of us. And I'm not to say that the rest of us are, you know cynical assholes or whatever but it's interesting to hear his perception compared in a comparative because his perception is that yes things were bad but for whatever reason and I'm not really sure how it is that he manages to uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for like I'm not really sure how it is that he manages to just progress and see things the way he does in terms of like they were doing the best they could with what they had and I'm like you know like there's a lot of circumstances with a lot of different people that I've experienced in my life that I would agree with that but I'm not trying to be a piece of shit or a bitch or anything but our parents were so generally uninvolved you know, from, like, start to finish. 
that I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the concept of they were doing the best they could with what they had. What I think is that our parents were also children of absentee parents through different circumstances than our own, granted, but in their minds, they were doing the best they had or they could with what they had because they were still more present in a theoretical sense than what their parents were. Now, does that mean that they were present? Absolutely not. But in their minds, they were still doing better than what they had. And therefore, mission success, I guess. And so, I'm stewing on that right now. And I'm doing so in a much more relaxed position than what I was three hours ago. Because, I'll be completely frank, after the last phone call that I got from my dad today, I was really 100% ready to have what I would call, like, a high-speed come-apart. And that's basically where you just, like, fucking let everything go and completely flip the fuck out. Sometimes for seemingly innocuous items, but... Again, my reality in the circumstance is that clearly, at some point or another, this is something that I need to address because I feel as though the attempted communication is suffocating compared to what I'm acclimated to. You know, not only just from him, period, but also within my life in general because the reality of the situation is I've basically spent the last two years of my life as like some kind of a weird fucking hermit, you know? And so I think to some degree or another, all of these social interactions that I'm having right now are very overwhelming and they don't really seem like they are in the moment, but I think it's one of those things where once they get compiled one right on top of the other on top of the other, and even if they're like positive interactions, it's just a lot of them. It's many, many, many more than what I'm used to in my average day. So it's a lot for such a shut-in as myself to take in. And so I'm trying to keep this in mind as I process this because it's a nuisance to me and it's it's very difficult to not lash out in those moments you know and all of all of these attempted communications i'm sure are very innocuous it's probably just some methodology to try to spend time together but i think that where I'm at right now, what I really need is I need to find a way to find the middle ground between distance and closeness because I'm acclimated to this quiet kind of isolated existence. And so 
even though I am, for the most part, enjoying all of these different interactions, you know, that are pretty consistent with the different members of my family, it doesn't mean that it's not overstimulating to my nervous system at the same time, because it's so different than what I've grown accustomed to over the last few years. And I think that's where my challenge lies and where I have room for development is to figure out what that middle ground is and then at the same time to figure out how do I have this conversation with my father because obviously unable to move forward at some point or another I'm going to have to let him know that hey motherfucker this is suffocating this would have been great like 30 years ago but now it feels like you're trying to smother me but finding a less abrasive approach is a whole nother challenge (laughs) because I don't know how to translate that yet into regular people speech um Hopefully I can figure that out soon. Because there is some part of me that feels obligated to go to this family shindig that he and his old lady are hosting tomorrow. And on one hand, I'm excited and looking forward to it. And by excited, I mean like I'm excited to see my siblings. I'm excited to see my nieces and nephews. You know, because... I haven't really gotten to spend as much time with them, you know, as I would like. And seeing them more, to me, is always a good thing, you know? Like, I fucking love those people. I love those kids. And I use that term really loosely because the oldest one's almost 30 and the youngest one is, like, two. So, it's a big fucking range of ages, right? And I really do love those people. Like, I don't have kids, so... This is the closest thing to kids I will ever have at this juncture of my life is my siblings' children. And I love those people with all my fucking life, right? They're, they're really awesome in their own ways. And it's really cool to see how they've developed as people or how they're developing as people, depending on their age group. So I would use the word developing for the youngins and developed for, you know, the adult children. So... Yeah, it's really cool to see them come along, you know, and see them progress and grow and, you know, get into their adult lives and shit. So, but at the same time, like, in the back of my head, I'm anticipating that at some point or another, this event is going to be overstimulating. Like, this isn't a question, but it's a statement of fact. And I'm assuming this based on my experience today of receiving two phone calls. I think it was only two. I could be lying to you. It could have been three. I don't fucking know. But, um, receiving multiple phone calls and text messages from my father today. Now, mind you, it's the caliber and category of communication that would seem almost normal for a multitude of other people in my life, right? But because my father has really been so absent, it's overwhelming to me. Like, it's really overwhelming. And I don't know how to combat this and how to, like, calm down 
any of the sensations that I'm having attached to these attempted interactions. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. But at the same time, the other takeaway I have too that I've noticed is uh, the type of person that I'm drawn to in terms of members of the opposite sex, right? This is the biggest takeaway <laughs> I've noticed personally in myself. And that's, um, there have been a multitude of different members of the opposite sex that I've been interested in where coincidentally, and it does seem like for the most part it is completely coincidental, um, I'm attracted to somebody and then as, you know, whatever communication establishes and gets further along, you know, in whatever caliber of relationship is developing, mostly it's just friendship, but whatever. The secondary observation is that I've known a few of these individuals that I would refer to as single fathers, and they are so involved in their children's lives that it almost adds an extra layer of, you know, attraction to the circumstance. And the captain obvious is because there's something really heartwarming about seeing somebody who, you know, has separated from their spouse or their mother of their children or whatever the fuck the circumstance is, right? And still being very heavily involved in the lives of their children, you know? Like, to me, like, granted, the Captain Obvious, I don't have kids, so it's really hard to show that in terms of, like, proof, you know, physical proof, but it's a matter of matching values, and that's very important to me, because obviously my circumstances, you know, and where I'm at within, you know, all, all of what's going on in my head and all of the things that I'm trying to, like, work through... There's something very attractive to me about a, you know, single father who is involved in his children's lives, you know, and who wants to be involved in his children's lives because unfortunately that's not the norm. That's the exception, not the rule. So it's like a golden quality and it's one of those things that makes me look at those individuals through rose-colored glasses because obviously I'm seeing them fulfill things with their relationships with their children that were never maintained or bettered or filled within my own life and so I don't know it gives me a lot to think on like all of these things right now are giving me a lot to think on in terms of what I need to work my way through because it's obvious that I have things you know in this regard that I do need to work my way through like I need to get down to the bottom of this you know stick my fingers in the wound infect it for a little while let it bleed and then shove a fucking bait-aid on it maybe pour some peroxide whatever because at some point or another I want to not feel like I'm going to have an anxiety attack just because my father is calling me with consistency. I don't think this is the type of action that elicits this type of reaction 
in normal, healthy relationships. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am. I think at the end of the day, this is something that I need to dig into. And I need to review this. And I need to communicate my point of view. And, you know, need to see, like, how do we make this better? Because, obviously, ignoring it is not going to help. Because, like, ignoring anything doesn't fucking help. You know, that's... I mean, my marriage is a perfect example of that. My ex and I were, you know, stuffing so many things under the rug and, like, getting into fights and never resolving anything. So, yeah. And obviously, guess where I learned this from? My parents. I'm sure my ex probably learned it from their parents, too. I don't fucking know. I could guess. I could be wrong. But survey says, I bet dollars to no nuts, that these learned behaviors came from somewhere. You know, they don't just fall out of the sky. And these are the things that I feel like I need to improve upon and I need to work my way through before I can legitimately get involved with another human being. Because that's not their burden to bear. I need to get to rid of this. Like, I mean, fuck. If they have any issues, they might need to get to the root of them, too. Who knows? At the end of the day, though, it's a wound that needs healing. And so, on that note, I'm gonna end this episode and this rant. So, everybody, I hope you have a great night and be well.